Hello, hello everyone! Morgan here, and thank you so much for listening to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. Welcome to 2020! Goodness, this is the first podcast of the year 2020. I need some sort of echo there. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, this world, this year has been a whirlwind so far. It's a, um, at the time of recording this, it's only been a couple weeks into January of 2020. And uh, I do have one really quick tip in case you had not heard this one yet, but I thought that this was really smart. If you're going to sign any legal documents during the year of 2020, be sure to write out the full 2020, such as you know January 20th, 2020, instead of just writing January 2020, uh, because people can apparently then go in and change dates. And, uh, you know, so like it could end up being January 20th of 2020, 19, 18, 17, or whatever. Um, and that could be bad for you. It could be bad for a variety of things. So make sure that any legal documents you do sign, write out the full 2020. All right. So first of all, I just want to say, uh, if you're not familiar, head to my website at roguepreparedness.com. I'm also on social media channels on Facebook and Twitter and um, Instagram and of course, YouTube. And I am also on Patreon. If you just head to patreon.com slash roguepreparedness, if you're interested in supporting this podcast, I do actually have exclusive podcasts there weekly. That's completely separate from this. And I also have exclusive daily daily content there. So uh, if you are interested in supporting me, that would be a great place to do it. And I also have lots of free stuff on there too that I'm, that I'm handing out soon. Uh, free courses that you could have the opportunity to do. I'm actually going to be releasing some um, online courses on my website. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll be getting first free access to all the courses. All right. So today's podcast is, could you realistically live off grid? Um, so the, right now, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on and why I'm talking about this. Right now, we are living off-grid in our RV. So we've been living the off-grid, we've been living the RV life for the past uh, four months or so. Well, three and a half, four months, something like that. Um, and just in the past two weeks, we've gone completely off grid, which means that we're not hooked up to electricity or water. So we've been having a lot of lessons along the way. And you know, it's still cold down here. We're in the South. We're still in Texas, but it still gets cold at night. It gets cold during the day. And um, so there are some pitfalls because of that. And there's also some pitfalls with our solar. So we have 800, 800-ish watts of solar panels on top of our RV. And then we have four uh, batteries that we cannot drain. They are acid-lead batteries, which means that you cannot fully drain those batteries. If we had lithium batteries or something, we could drain those mofos. You know, we'd never have to worry about it. But we actually do have to be very careful about not draining our acid-lead batteries. Uh, so we have to be constantly watching our battery level, which is very annoying. And also, you know... I want to be able to use all of the energy available to me that those batteries can give me. So I, I never want to, I, I would never still want to drain, completely drain the batteries, you know, but it's very obnoxious that, you know, we have to like constantly be watching it. Now, I never want it below 90%. However, um, it has been very cold nights in the 30s. 
And so our um, heater has been going and we can't, we were, when we were hooked into power, we had um, electric heaters. So we never used our propane heater, Um, but we have a propane heater, a furnace, and it blows really hot air and it makes this place nice and hot in like five, 10 minutes, which is great, but it uses about 10 amp hours. And it, so it runs, just to give you guys an idea, from about, I'd say 8 p.m. to about 7 a.m., it runs anywhere from five or 10 minutes, once or twice an hour. It uses the 10 amp hours every time. And so between that 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning, it's running once or twice every hour. So, and it takes 10% of the batteries. Now, it's, it drops the batteries down 10% all the, every time, okay? And last night, we even conserved. Like, we didn't charge any of our laptops, didn't charge any of our phones. We didn't charge anything. We didn't watch TV. We didn't uh, do anything. I mean, we were, you know, we were, beep, uh, we had a little uh, pop-up lantern that we were walking around pretending, you know, we tell Kid Rogue, oh, it's like camping, you know, <laughs> we had a little lantern out. She loved it. Uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun and she loves that little light. So it's pretty cool. Um, but she, you know, we had to make it a little bit fun, you know, kind of exciting and like, oh, we're using a lantern. It was great. Um, but you know, we had to, so we didn't even turn on just our regular lights, which don't take like any amperage at all, but still we were conserving everything. Right. Um, and then we bundled up, we bundled up, we layered up all of us layered up with uh, clothes and blankets. So I was able to turn the heat down quite a bit because, um, you know, we were layered up and all that, but the heat still came on, you know, for, you know, I would say, I don't know if it came on twice an hour, but it definitely came on at least once an hour. And I felt like every, (laughs) I kept waking up to it because I was so like, you know, anxious about it. I'm like, ah, it's draining our battery, you know, but we have to have it. Um, we had to have at least a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, we were bundled up with blankets and, you know, we had layers on and stuff, but it was still very, very cold. Um, you know, I think it only got into the low fifties inside the RV. You know, we were keeping it pretty, pretty cold. I mean, not like super cold in here, but you know, we weren't keeping it super hot either. Anyway, um, but our solar has not been charging great. Like we're parked in a spot right now in which there's a lot of shadows from trees. So our solar panels are not getting adequate sunlight um, when we need it most, you know, like during primetime sun in between like 11 and 1, we get the primetime sun. And that, that usually will charge most of our solar panels, but because of the trees because it's just the positioning of the sun and because it's winter, the sun is not super high in the sky and it's like behind the trees most of the time, you know, so there's just a lot going on here, right? Um, So we actually had originally changed spots because the sun just was not, you know, hitting us, but we're in a very foresty area. And so that's, you know, that's kind of hitting us hard too. So there's a lot of learning with this whole off-grid lifestyle. You know, we are very off-grid right now. Let me, let me kind of back up a little bit. I, I went, I kind of just dove, dove right into it. Um, you know, so we're not hooked up to 
to uh, water or electricity. We have an 80 gallon onboard water tank. We have a composting toilet, so we don't rely on emptying a black tank. Now we do have a gray tank in which our water, you know, that we use for, you know, down down the sink or the shower that goes in there. Our gray tank actually holds quite a bit. You know, it's been about a week and we still haven't been able or we still haven't needed to empty it. We do conserve definitely with water. Like if there's ever anything that we need to dump out that's like, you know, my extra coffee or um, some milk or something, you know, we'll dump it outside, you know, far away from our site. But, you know, we'll like put it in a little bucket or something and then kind of walk, walk somewhere and go dump it. We won't ever dump it near a, uh, like a water source or anything, but, you know, we'll go dump it in like the ditch on the side of a road or something, you know, something like that. Um, that's, that's not close to any campsites or anything like that. Um, it's not going to hurt the environment or anything like that. You know, if I have water or something that I want to dump, uh, just some extra water, I don't know why I would have it, whatever, but I'll, I'll try to dump it, you know, like on a tree or something, you know, give that tree a little, a little something, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so there's lots of little quirks and things that you got to do, but we also have bottles of water, um, and a couple gallons of water. And we also have a bunch of water in our Jeep. And so we do off-grid laundry. We do it in five gallon buckets and then we just hang them. And then, you know, so we have our composting toilet. We empty out uh, uh, there's two sections. There's a section for number one and a section for number two. And uh, number one, we empty, we have to empty out every single day. And then number two, we empty out maybe every two or three weeks. Just kind of depends on how much we use it, right? Uh, but it's constantly composting in there, all that kind of good stuff. So that's a really great system for us. You know, we've really got that system down pat and it's been working out for us. And our trash, we actually have a trasheroo on the back of our Jeep. Maybe once a week or so, we'll go into town and drop off the trash. Um, and uh, usually there are dumpsters like around parks and things like that. Um, and we'll, we'll do that. And then, um, oh, and we can actually dump our number two from our composting. We dump that into a garbage bag and then we take that garbage bag and go dump it in a dumpster. There's, it's not against the law. It's totally legal to do that. Uh, it's like, you know, picking up your dog's poop, putting it in a bag and then throwing that in the trash. It's the same concept. Um, you know, the urine we dump pretty far away from our camp like we'll walk a little bit and dump it kind of far and then the gray water we dump in designated gray gray designated dump stations rather um but we don't have to dump the uh black tank which is super nice um you know that's just one less thing for us to worry about with that because that we really have to go to a designated dump station you know and probably not often but enough that it would be very obnoxious the other thing we have is we do have propane, you know, like I was talking about with our um, furnace, we have a propane furnace and it does when our, normally with our propane, like our propane, you know, we cook with it, which that takes like no propane, you know, anybody who ever cooks with propane or gas, you know, that it just takes like nothing, <laughs> you know, cooking with propane or gas takes no, like, practically nothing. Um, and then we do have um, our refrigerator, which runs a little bit on electricity and a little bit of propane. Um, and then we do have a water heater, which runs 
a little bit of uh, electricity, a little bit of propane. Um, like it takes a little bit of electricity to actually light the propane and then it heats up with the propane. Um, and then our furnace, which runs a little bit of electricity, a little bit of propane. So, you know, like our fan, the fan, the propane, like the actual heat comes from the propane and then, uh, the fan that runs to kind of push the air, uh, comes from electricity. So we have, you know, propane that we have to deal with as well, which I want to go all electricity if we could. I, you know, I, except for cooking, I still want to cook with propane or gas, but if I could go electricity every other way, I would in a heartbeat. I think to change out our furnace, it's like $1,500 to be just an electric furnace would be like $1,500, which would be insane. Um, but then, you know, we, we do still have to worry about, you know, our solar. So it's, it's a whole thing. But, uh, I want a tankless water heater, which would save us just a lot of hassle in general, um, because it takes a while to heat up the water and then we don't get very much hot water. It's like only a three gallon water heater or something. It's not very much. Um, and so, you know, it takes like an hour to heat or something like that. Anyway, uh, my point is, you know, like we try to take a shower and, you know, we're always turning on and off the shower. We, we have to conserve just right away with that. We've always had to do that just because there's not very much hot water. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, you know, then we have to wait an hour for it to heat up for like another person to take a shower. Usually I'll take a shower with me and the kids and we kind of rush and we can't really play, you know, there's no playtime, you know, which kind of stinks because I want my children to be able to have fun, you know, shower and bath time, but we just can't. And that's okay. You know, I mean, it is what it is and the kids are fine. You know, my 10 month old doesn't care, <laughs> but my three year old, you know, she does, she does care. Um, Anyway, you know, she, she kind of gets a little sad when she can't play with the water, but you know, it's an adjustment and she kind of gets over it, you know, well, not kind of, you know, she does get over it. Whenever we have an opportunity to go into a bath, like get the kids into a bath, we do. Like we were at a friend's house a couple weeks ago and they let us use their bath and we use that a couple times. They just loved it. You know, of course they're kids, they, they love bath time. And so we did that and, um, you know, we'll have a, a couple more opportunities, like at my mom's house, we're going to go visit her and they'll have bath time, you know, forever up there. <laughs> so that'll be fun. You know, there's, it'll be like a nice little treat for them. You know, um, I don't mind the quick showers. I really don't. And the way that you shower in an RV in general with <laughs> on grid or not is you, because of the hot water, you know, that your limited amount of hot water is you basically, you know, you rinse yourself and you turn it off and you soap yourself up and then you turn the water back on and rinse yourself. You turn the water back off and then you kind of do something else and you do that back and forth, back and forth. You're constantly turning the water on and off. And especially now, you know, with us, we have to conserve water, you know, so we really have to be very conscious of that. Um, so yeah, on to the conserving water, you know, um, when we do our dishes, you know, we have to do it way differently. Um, you know, with off-grid water, we actually take the water from the water that we have stored in the Jeep because we can just take that water that we have stored in the Jeep and our containers and things and just go to town and refill that water somewhere. 
it's a lot harder to fill our 80 gallon onboard water tank than it is to simply take some water bottles and go refill those in town, right? So that's what we do. We have a few gallons of water that we have in our Jeep that we just go refill in town. In fact, we just did that the other day. We just went up to a gas station and we're like, and we bought a couple things and we're like, hey, we see that hose on the side of your, um, or the spigot rather. Hey, we see that spigot on the side of your building. Do you think we could refill a couple of water bottles? And he was like, yeah, whatever, go for it. And so we did. And uh, of course we have our Silcock key, but it's always nice to ask. You know, it's just a nice, courteous thing to just be like, hey, can I, can I use your water, right? It's a nice thing to do. Um, in an emergency, you know, I just break out my Silcock key and, you know, start filling, filling up waters. But, uh, you know, when you are stationed somewhere in your RV, moving it for whatever reason is a hassle. It just is, you know, so the least amount of movement that we can do, the better, you know, because we have to level it and we have to do all this stuff. And then once you're kind of settled in, it's like, okay, good. You know, hookups are not, you know, you just don't want to move the RV that much. Um, you know, so the propane, we have a transfer tank of propane. So we actually have a full second propane tank, um, that we use, um, it, that we will use if we ever have to refill our onboard propane tank. So, and then we have the transfer hose and all that. So we do have the extra propane and that's not that big of a deal. You know, if we ever have to go refill our propane, we just take that transfer tank that, you know, that extra tank and we just go into town and go fill it and bring it back. So that's not that big a deal either. Um, the main reason I really want everything to be electric is that I just don't want to rely on propane, you know, I just don't want to rely on that source of propane, basically. Um, but I would really like an RV that had the ability to have a wood stove, but that's not possible. That was my dogs. I don't know if you heard that, but, uh, you know, we have a couple dogs and they are great for security, you know, they hear things first, you know, way before we do, especially one of my dogs. Um, one of our dogs is super hypersensitive to like any car driving by, like he'll just hear it and he'll just perk up and he'll listen like, yeah, good boy, you know, right. But, uh, if there's ever a car that sounds like it's really close and like it's pulling into our spot or whatever, they get really excited. So that's really nice for us too, you know, that extra security. Um, that's definitely part of off-grid living, um, is security. You know, you have to have extra security because you're going out to all these boondocking spots, you know, these spots that are out in the middle of nowhere or whatever, you know, and so you have to have that extra security of, you know, not just people, but animals too, because there are predators and, you know, you have to make sure that your food and everything is always inside the RV, you know, that your space outside is always clean. Um, you know, if you do wash dishes outside and, you know, you're pouring all that food and stuff out, you better not do that. <laughs> you, know, you better pour the water and all those food particles and things far away from your campsite. Um, and then, if you do laundry, you know, outside, you know, use a, you know, with your five gallon buckets, you know, you want to either make your own laundry detergent or make like an environmentally friendly laundry detergent or soaps and stuff like that. Uh, just because, you know, you're going to be pouring that water back out 
um, into the environment or whatever. Um, so anyway, um, so security is also important. You know, we have our dogs, you know, um, they are kind, not our first line, you know, we have other security measures, but there are definitely, you know, part, a big part of our security because they hear things and sense things that we just don't. So it's really nice to have them along with us. You know, of course we love them and, you know, they're, they're part of our, our lives or whatever, um, you know, or whatever their family, of course. Anyway, and, um, you know, you could always make your own kind of security systems, you know, like trip wires and things like that, just to alert you, um, you know, make things hard, uh, for people have motion sensor lights, you know, things like that, you know, make things difficult for others. Um, and then of course, you know, it's so quiet out here that if anything were to happen, you're going to be hearing it pretty quick. I'm a pretty light sleeper. So, you know, especially if I'm going to hear it, the dogs are going to hear it and the dogs are going to alert me, right? So, um, you can have cameras or like perimeter security where like if somebody trips the security perimeter or something, and it's not a tripwire, but they have these little like sensors that you can put out on the ground or something. And if somebody just goes through those sensors, um, you know, it'll send like a notification to your phone or something. They even have ones that will just make a really loud, obnoxious noise or something, which noise could very well scare people away. You know, lights, noises, um, these things can potentially scare someone away or at least at the very least alert you that something's going on. Right. So then we have to be aware of food, food sources, you know, so we do have a refrigerator and, you know, we, our life is pretty much run on the refrigerator. <laughs> Not really, but, you know, we do store a lot of stuff in the refrigerator. And unfortunately, our refrigerator is not very big. So we have to go to the store like once a week. You know, we can't bulk buy food like we used to. We used to go to Costco and bulk buy like a whole bunch of food, you know, put it in the freezer and, you know, just live off it for like a month or whatever, you know. And, and only go to the grocery store when we needed like perishable stuff. And so, you know, our grocery, I felt like our grocery bills were a lot less uh, before. And I feel like they're a lot higher now just because we're having to go to the grocery store a lot because we just can't store a lot. You know, like I can, I cook chicken and the chicken's gone. You know, I took, you know, I can get like a couple pounds of beef and like a, you know, a few pounds of chicken and stuff like that. But you know, and then we have two kids who, you know, need fresh stuff. And, you know, we do have a lot of non-perishable stuff, but, you know, off-grid living, you know, especially in an RV, if you are in an RV, you can't store that much to begin with because weight, weight really equals pain in an RV. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you have like a tiny home or something, you know, living off grid or some kind of homestead that's off grid, you know, you can still store, you know, food and can and dehydrate and do all that fun stuff. I can't do that in an RV. And it's really unfortunate. I really wish I could. Um, not only do I not have the power capabilities, I don't have the space. I have no space for a dehydrator, but I did keep it. I did store it, you know, because I know that one day, one day our dream is to live in an off-grid homestead, you know, on land. And that's one of the reasons that we're um, living this, you know, 
life in an RV right now is so that we can potentially find a place to settle down somewhere in this great, you know, United States here. Um, we are from Texas, but Texas land is crazy expensive. And um, we just felt like it just probably wasn't the place that we really wanted to settle down. We actually bought land many years ago and we had it for a long time, but it had a whole bunch of land restrictions. It was one of those lessons learned opportunity opportunities for us, right? Uh, we had land and we wanted to build on it, but one of the restrictions was you had to build on it. You couldn't um, live on it in a mobile home or an RV or anything like that. You had to actually build on it and then move into that house once it was built upon. Well, who unless you're like super rich, who who can do that? You know, our plan was to live in an RV or motorhome while we built our house and, you know, on our land and that was it. And then we'd move in, you know, once it was done. Um, but we had to sell that land and we did, we sold it. And um, now lesson learned, you know, we we have actually traveled quite a bit and found land that's just so much cheaper elsewhere and beautiful and, you know, places that we really want to live, you know, states that we want to live in. There are several states that we refuse to live in because of, um, you know, they're mainly because of their firearm laws, but also just some other, you know, politics and things that we're not thrilled with. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of places that we don't want to live and, you know, there's, we do know several places that we do want to live, but we just have to find, you know, that right, right place. But, uh, this is a great learning experience for us when it comes to off-grid living, because now we know what to expect, you know, when it comes to solar. But, you know, when you have a house, if you're living off-grid in a house and you have solar, you can have way more batteries. And, you know, I would highly suggest getting the lithium batteries, you know, ones that you could fully drain. Um, we have, you know, like the batteries we have are typically called the golf cart batteries because that's what they're used for. Um, they are very big and heavy, but the lithium batteries and cheap, not, not cheap, but not expensive either. But the lithium batteries, the lithium batteries are like a thousand dollars a piece. Well, we don't really have that kind of dough, right? We would love to, um, but uh, not right now. Maybe, you know, when we move into our forever house, you know, whatever, on our homestead, that's what we will be getting. And guaranteed we'll be getting solar because I love solar. You know, I, I don't know if I actually said it, but even even in cloudy days, your solar will charge. Um, and people had that misconception. Well, it's not sunny here. It doesn't have to be sunny. Even in places where you don't get a lot of sun, your solar panels will still charge. In fact, even places that get snow, as long as you, you know, take, as long as you clean your solar panels and your solar panels are clear of snow, you will still be charging a, a thousand, hundred percent guaranteed. Okay. You will still be charging even if it's cloudy, even in the winter, even with snow, even with rain, even these things, right? But you just have to know that it may be less charging. Absolutely. You probably won't be getting as much energy, right? Of course. 
not with not like you would with a nice clear skies and nice and sunny, right? But you will still absolutely be getting um, solar. Trust me, we know this, okay? And other people know this, and we I've been trying to scream it to the rooftops, right? And it's kind of like uh, with a solar oven. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, it doesn't have to be a hot day for a solar oven. You can still use a solar oven even on a cold day, just as long as there's sun, just as long as the solar oven is pointed directly at the sun. Okay. You want the energy from the sun. It doesn't have to be hot and it doesn't, you know, whatever it just need, you just need the sun period. Um, anyway, so I know that I've been talking really fast (laughs) through this podcast about kind of the off grid life, but, um, Oh, I did want to quickly go back to food. So yeah, we do um, go grocery shopping like once a week now, which is pretty annoying to me. Uh, You know, we used to go shopping once a week, but it was more for like perishable stuff. And now it's for like everything. Um, You know, we have two kids and two adults. And then, you know, we have dog food, which usually lasts about a month, which is nice. Um... You know, as far as entertainment, oh, I'm not done with food. (laughs) I keep skipping. Uh, There's other things that you could do with food. You could wild forage. You could small game hunt, um, large game hunt. You know, the problem with large game hunting, um, in the RV at least, is you need to have some way to preserve it. So like if you, if you can smoke it, that's great. Uh, We don't have a freezer. So we would have to store our, our meat somewhere. You know, we have to preserve it somehow. We would have to can it. We'd have to freeze it. We'd have to smoke it. We'd have to do something with it. Um, but that's a, a problem for us, you know, or give it away or make it into sausage or, you know, something we, we, we'd really have to figure out how to do that. You know, our freezer is very small, you know, our fridge is small, our freezer is even smaller. Um, and so, you know, that's just something, you know, we, it's not, it's not really, really feasible, you know, but small game hunting is feasible, uh, you know, wild foraging, stuff like that. That's definitely something that we'll be doing down the line. And then, uh, yeah, as far as entertainment goes, you know, we play a lot of games, you know, we do, we play a lot of board games. We, but we also spend a lot of time outdoors. You know, we're hiking, we're, you know, walking around, we're playing games outside, you know, we're just, we're spending a lot of family time and it's fantastic. You know, that's one thing about this off-grid life, you know, that is great. You know, not only are we spending less money on just, you know, life in general, but we're also spending more time together. And that's been, it's been amazing. It's been fantastic. Um, so yeah, um, I have a lot more, I'm going to have a lot more details about the off-grid life and, you know, how it's going for us and stuff like that on, on my YouTube channel at Rogue Preparedness, just search YouTube Rogue Preparedness. And I'm also going to have it on our other channel at Rogue on the Road, just search YouTube for Rogue on the Road and you should see it come up. Hopefully, I know it took a while in search engines, but hopefully you can find it. If you don't find that, find me on YouTube, I'm sorry, on Instagram, just find Rogue Preparedness on Instagram and I have my Rogue on the Road added at my, uh, in my profile. So you should be able to find that. So anyway, 
Um, if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at my, at my website at roguepreparedness.com. Just click the little contact. Uh, if you are, or you can contact me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I'm available anywhere and everywhere. Um, I, uh, offer a lot of stuff on my website, so feel free to subscribe to my newsletter on there. And, um, and again, if you really like this uh, podcast or anything else that I'm putting out there, uh, please consider supporting me on Patreon for just $2 a month. A cup of coffee. <laughs> a cup or two of coffee. <laughs> and thank you so much for uh, wa- uh, listening. I was going to say watching again. I'm so used to YouTube live. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Conquer tomorrow by preparing today. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.